This is the Gary V Audio Experience. What's up, podcast? Happy Saturday. This episode is an interview Gary did with Neil Hughes. They talk about quitting, giving, and adversity. Enjoy, and as always, let us know what you thought on Twitter. Up next, Gary. So, welcome to the show, Gary. You often talk about how everyone judges people by by their current success. And there's a great photo online of Ed Sheeran online busking, and nobody paid him any attention at all. Now, we might have a few people listening that just know Gary V as the guy that has over 10 million online followers and wants to buy the Jets, thinking, I wonder what he has, but want it right now, and they're struggling to progress forward on their path. For those people, can you tell me more about your journey, your struggles, your challenges, and your moments where you wanted to give up, and how actually those moments actually shaped you and created your success? So it's an interesting, it's an interesting thing because I, I think that so much of who I am today is the byproduct of the great fortune of finding what I love and being good at it, which is not something that everybody finds. Um, so just to address the last part, I never want to come on here and not be authentic. There has never been a day since I started my career, you know, which was the day after school, college at my dad's liquor store, but then eight years earlier when I was a stock boy in that liquor store, there was never a day where I ever, ever considered even remotely close to quitting. There are plenty of, un- I think somebody who truly finds what they're great at and what they love have terrible days at the micro level all the time. Yeah. But it has, there's never been any close uh, momentum in my mind of, I don't want to be an entrepreneur anymore. I don't want to do this. There, there's been, there's some things I want to do. So look, I was born in the Soviet Union. I came to the States when I was three. Um, we were very poor. You know, eight family members in a studio apartment poor. Uh, n- not buying anything but food, clothes and, you know, and shelter and none of the three of them were fancy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I grew up very, very humbly. Um, was a very entrepreneurial kid, lemonade stands, baseball cards. Eventually uh, got into my dad's liquor store. My dad you know, worked every minute of my childhood until he was able to save up and buy a liquor store in New Jersey. I learned a lot in the sports card business of collecting and once I understood at 16 that people collected wine, I was able to connect two passions of mine which was one, how do I give back to my incredible parents who you know, really did a lot for me, and to this real love of flipping, right? Like buying, seeing things go up. That I understand that mentality. Um, launched one of the first e-commerce wine businesses in America in 1996, long before most people did. Was a pioneer in email and Google search and uh, YouTube and dot-com marketing. And, uh, and then when my wine show started on YouTube was the first time people started to ever hear of me really outside the wine and spirits business world. Yeah. Um, and then Twitter, I became one of the fast movers on that and became one of the most followed people on that platform and that was a big play for me. Um, and then I started a marketing agency with my brother um, in 2009 called Vayner Media and that's when the whole Vayner thing started. Lots of companies, lots of entrepreneurial ventures over the last decade. Every single day, I mean today, seven to 10 pretty substantial headaches. You know, I manage a thousand people, London, New York, LA, this, this fall, Singapore. So it's a global company. Um, I have multiple companies under the VaynerX umbrella. So VaynerMedia, 1.37 p.m., PureWow, which are publishing companies, Vayner Speakers, the Speaking Bureau, 
Tracer, an ad platform, tech platform. So, you know, for anybody who's listening, people get close to quitting when people overextend themselves financially and get into trouble. When somebody they love very dearly gets sick or when they're just genuinely not doing something they enjoy and they're doing it for the money. The reason so many people burn out is because they're doing it for the money. Yeah. I'm not doing it for the money. You know, I'm, I'm grateful that what I'm good at and what I love creates financial upside, but Jesus, I, I'd be super pumped making $63,000 a year buying stuff at garage sales and flipping them on eBay. Um, I sometimes, that's probably the closest I ever get to thinking about giving it all up. I sometimes do think what would it be like to be a full-time garage sailor. Mm. Um, other than that, I, I'm, I'm really not joking. <laughs> you know, it's funny, the other day I was thinking about it, I was like, you know, I may actually, like, actually, I'm, it's funny that it, that's where my brain went. I said, you know, I might actually do that one day. That would freak everybody out. And then I'm like, wow, I'm probably at a place now that if I did that, then inevitably there'd be the Netflix show. Inevitably, like it would, like it would just like I would start over, and it would like take me, like you know, and and you know, I think about that stuff. I'm like, you know, I'd probably be bigger than ever because I'd be, I'd be a motivation to millions. He gave it all up to do what he loved most, going through people's trash in their backyard on a Saturday. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think happiness needs to become more of the ROI, and I think if you're a true bred entrepreneur, not the current version, because. There's so many people right now that want to be an entrepreneur because it's cool. But if you're a true bred entrepreneur, you almost have no other option. Like, I mean, you can't, you know, to me, getting a job feels exactly like you telling me right now to go to outer space and jump off the moon. (laughs) Like it just, it's completely not in the cards. Um, And so what what else are you gonna do? So when you look back now, especially at just how, you know, how far you've come, what do you think that you've done differently that's helped you succeed where so many others have failed? I'm obsessed with giving more than I take yeah. and I'm completely and utterly not driven by money and I think that is during a time where everything's being documented and people are watching, I think that I've gotten extra credit for being a human being who, who's a good businessman but wants to be a better person. Absolutely. And we're all navigating through the uncharted digital waters now, trying to make sense and get ahead in an era of exponential change. So how do you approach business challenges personally, especially with so much technological change across the landscape? Easily, because for me, that is the norm, right? Yeah. I'm, a, I'm an extreme advocate and loud voice of embrace change, invest in the future, give, you know, to me, as long as I'm making payroll, then I'm achieving what I need to be doing. So I'm not maximizing profit on a yearly basis, which allows me to invest, which allows me to grow. And, um, and that's what I'm passionate about. And so, um, you know, to me, if you are not recognizing that technology is gonna put you out of business, then you are very naive. You know, my friends here, Jason, we're doing stuff in the sports card world. It's really his world. It's a passion of mine. I've gotten rebooted in it. Talking about, you know, I was thinking about wholesalers just now, people that buy the cards from the manufacturers and then resell them. They're making so much margin on the hot product that, you know, if you just think about what technology can do and where it's going, like anybody in the middle, a bookstore's in the middle, Toys R Us is in the middle, you know, like anybody in the middle from the person that makes the product to the person that consumes the product, anybody in the middle is vulnerable and technology's coming after you. And so I highly recommend if you're in the middle, 
that you uh, pay attention to that statement. So how do you stay hungry though? And do you fear the day that when you do it, inevitably buy the Jets, <laughs> that you'll think, now what? <laughs> you know, look, I mean, buying the Jets, you know, winning seven Super Bowls, because I think the Patriots now have six, <laughs> winning seven Super Bowls is gonna, you know, by the time I'm, you know, I, I view myself buying the Jets in my 70s because I genuinely believe the way I'm creating wealth is slow and steady. Um, so, no, I don't worry about that at all. I, I think I'm gonna be a, I'm gonna be in a, I'm gonna be a mature man by the time I buy the Jets, and I think I'll be extraordinarily, you know, once I come off the high of actually pulling something off like that and actually saying I was gonna do it for 50 years to the public and having all the accolades, I mean, that is gonna be a monumental day. I will absolutely trend on Twitter that day. Um, <laughs> Once I get down from that high of t- for 24 hours, I'm gonna be extremely focused on trying to win a Super Bowl. So, you know, I think the great thing about somebody who leads out in front and wants to do things, you know, one thing that I'm trying to get better at as I get older is smelling the roses, but I'm not really good at it. And I feel like I feel like I will celebrate way less than anybody be- understands when I'm able to make that transaction. So for the younger people listening that are passionate and hungry for success, but they want it right now, how, how can they learn to overcome the impatience and focus on the actual long game? By first recognizing that their parents screwed up and society screwed up and they created a framework that creates an unbelievable sense of entitlement and recognizing that anything special takes time and takes work, um, it's very hard. Yeah. It's like the amount of people that take diet pills and sign up for quick fix health benefits grossly outweigh the people that eat right and exercise right every day. And that's what happens in business. Everybody thinks there's a course, a shortcut. You know, I'm gonna make all my money in Bitcoin and be out and be a billionaire next year. A shortcut mentality is, um, inherently in people. I believe it's because they worry too much about other people's judgment. Um, Patience is unbelievably not on the pedestal that it should be. It's one of the reasons I try to put it on a pedestal. Um, Recognizing the problem is uh, step one. 99% of the people that are consuming this content, audio or video right now, are grossly impatient. Um, it's something that on a much lower level than yourself that I get as well. A lot, I get a lot of emails from people saying, well, how can I do exactly what you've done, Neil? And I'll say, well, a daily tech podcast is 365 podcasts against your name a year. Uh, two articles a week become, you know, 700, uh, 100. And think about all the years where you had a study to know yeah. even what you're talking about and like... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. I mean, just years and years. You know, like, I've been doing business since I was six years old mm. for real. Like, not like kind of real, real. Like, kind of like I'm an athlete real. You know, like 80% of my leisure time as a kid was shoveling snow. And by the way, you can hear shoveling snow. What you don't know is ringing a doorbell, trying to sell somebody on giving you 10 bucks to shovel their snow. Sensing when you can ask for 20 bucks or five bucks. You know, taking five when, they, when you wanted 10 because you, the last six houses didn't say yes. And it's getting later at night. And then actually doing it. Then actually having, you know, while you're fret, like literally, I, I've got a vision in my head right now of shoveling snow on people's decks while watching my core friends 
build snowmen and throw snowballs at each other just 100 yards away, that takes a sense of discipline and passion for work and business that most people don't grow up with. So here I sit at 43 years old, you know, not old, but not necessarily a kid like so many people entering. I'm now 35, 40, 35 full years into 100% pot committed business thinking. I went to school thinking how to sell candy. I went to school thinking how to sell cards. You know, I didn't go there trying to learn calculus. And so, you know, that whole 10,000 hours Malcolm Gladwell thing, yeah. I don't know where I'm at now, but it's a lot. <laughs> well, like I said a few moments ago, I was the IT, by, IT guy by day in an office listening and reading your content during my hour-long commute and then working on a side hustle from 8 till 12 every night. But by doing that, making the most of LinkedIn Pulse, when it was very first released, I was named the number two tech writer on the whole of LinkedIn. And now another four years later, I'm sat here talking to the guy that made it all possible and inspired me to go chase my dream. So to someone listening to this podcast, this is why I do podcasts as well, because I think it's such a powerful format. We've got listeners in 165 countries that might be listening to this this week, next week, a month, a year, five years from now. To those people that have a comfortable life, doing a job that they despise, though, living for the weekend, questioning how they lost their way, ended up settling, but convinced themselves that they're too old, too institutionalized now to do anything about it. What would you say to those people? They're crazy. Yeah. And they're just, at, like it, it blows my mind that somebody who's 58 years old doesn't realize that they're gonna live for another 50 years, which means they're maybe at halftime. Yeah. And every, but here's the problem. Every 58 year old that is in the system right now grew up that when they were a kid, their grandparents were dying at 58. So people use history instead of the future to make their decisions and that's a huge mistake because you're not going into a time machine but you are gonna be living going forward. And so the impracticality of deploying what happened in the past as the framework to you is a mistake and I, I can't be more passionate than to try to get 40, 50, 60, 70 year olds to realize if one person's done it, then you can too. And so if that's, if that's the Colonel Sanders of Kentucky Fried Chicken, or Vera Wang, or, or Sidney Frank, who started Grey Goose at 72 or 78 years old, um, I just don't understand why people are giving up when they're unhappy when the internet now exists. You know, if you were, if, you know, this is where I think people get caught. If you're 60, you grew up the first 40 years of your life without the internet. And so you don't actually calibrate the power and the opportunity that is the internet to start your podcast around Star Trek or, or, or gardening or the side hustles that become careers that people don't believe that obviously I believe in the obviously that you've lived. Now, I'm also fascinated by how technology continues to transform our lives. I'm so glad you mentioned the internet there because I'm also fascinated by the past. And I recently saw a video of Bill Gates and he was being mocked on The Letterman Show back in 1995 where he said the internet would change the world, he gave his vision and he was mocked accordingly. And equally David Bowie was mocked by Jeremy Paxman when he tried to do the same. So you have a reputation of having, of having a radar that knows what platform is gonna blow up next. But now we have 5G, IoT, AI, AR, voice search, blockchain and crypto, which is exploding while we're talking right now, uh, all waiting on the horizon to change the game again. I mean, is there anything that particularly excites you? 5G excites me. I don't think people actually understand what that infrastructure is. When you don't have that lapse 
in technology because of the speed of the framework and the fiber, you're talking, like, I, I'll be honest with you, it excites me because I think of it as like when we built the highways yeah. in America, like we didn't necessarily understand all the things that were gonna happen around the suburbs, the demise of cities for a couple of decades, and obviously now they're back, but like, you know, I don't think people understand what 5G technology actually means and how that changes the medical arena. You know, you're gonna have physicians performing surgery on people that are you know, millions of miles away um, because they're the best surgeon in the world for this surgery and because there's no lapse between their hand movements and the robot that's gonna be on your body that's their hands since there's no lag, there is no fear. I mean, this is really quite crazy actually. If you're like, if you have some crazy, just this is an extreme example. By the way, autonomous cars only become real because of 5G. Because once you eliminate the lag, you eliminate the, the percentage of issue. But I, the one that I can't stop thinking about is the surgeon thing, which is what five, for example, one thing 5G will allow, for everybody who's listening, is no lapse in the information exchange. So again, I'm in Peru, I'm the best surgeon in the world for this rare, ruptured appendix thing, and I'm, it's two in the morning, but I get called from a New York hospital because I'm affiliated by and associated with and compensated by, and I get up, you know, take a quick shower and go into this room in my apartment, put on my gloves, turn on the thing, and start performing the surgery as if I'm in the fucking room in New York City and I save that, like, that's incredible. Absolutely. I mean, I expect to give tons of keynotes a day in hologram form where I get half the price I get being full human, but 5G is gonna make that happen because I'm gonna be giving the keynote right here, but I'm gonna be simulcast in hologram form all across the world, like, but that's what's gonna happen. Like, Ed Sheeran just made a lot more money. When 5G gets, when hologram technology with 5G infrastructure gets that place, and he, if he's in Madison Square Garden, but I can be in Rome, and, if, and the hologram is that advanced, and the lag time of everything he does in New York, I'm feeling, you know, it starts getting real interesting. What, pay-per-view's cute, but what about if you can go to Arena and it feels like you're actually watching McGregor fight, because the 5G infrastructure, is in such a place that there's no lag between we watching him in hologram form in the octagon in Afghanistan while it's actually happening live in Las Vegas. I mean, we're talking about game-changing infrastructure. Look, the blockchain is game-changing infrastructure. Cryptocurrency is like search engines. There's gonna be a billion that go to zero, yeah. and they'll be, they'll be Google, and they'll be, you know, Yahoo and Bing still work, by the way, and so whether Bitcoin is Google or Schmidtcoin or Bit- Schmincoin or like Doge or you know Litecoin or whatever whatever it may be? I have no idea. Uh, but blockchain's an incredible technology. Um, look, AI is clearly unbelievable. I mean, all all of it's super fun. AR, VR, it's all gonna happen. Do you know how crazy a fax machine was for you and I? Oh, you still see them in some places. <laughs> yeah, on eBay, on the flip. You know, like, look, I think, I, you know, as an antique, but I mean, like, do you remember how crazy a beeper was? Yeah. Or, or a wireless phone in my house? I mean, I lost my mind. I could watch the football game and be on the phone with my friend? That was nuts, like, because it wasn't attached to the wall in the kitchen like mine was? Crazy. Now I've watched you for many years, and you've said for a long time now that current the, the currency in business now is attention. Yes. Now there is a new privacy-based browser called Brave. I'm not sure if you've even heard of it. But I have not. 
He's trying to shake up the entire ad industry by returning 70% of all ad revenue share to the users. This is, for, this is forever been a thesis. Yeah. I don't think people care. Yeah. I think people care about privacy in theory. Yeah. But then don't live it. I don't know what to say. Yeah. Now, you inspire people all over the world every day. Let me, let me say real quick. Yeah, yeah, go. I just don't, I think people going and using Brave as their search engine versus Google, they care about the product. So if Brave's as good as Google and giving back 70 cents on the dollar, maybe you got something now. But the problem is just giving back, people don't choose price. People don't choose money as much as people think. Mm. People choose convenience, people choose quality, people choose a lot of things over money. And they definitely don't choose privacy. Humans don't care about privacy. Yeah, I'm starting to realize that. <laughs> now, by the way, that's a good thing. Yeah. It's a good thing. And do you think that's a fair trade, convenience uh, for over privacy? Is that a fair trade? Of course, because nobody does anything with the privacy. Yeah. Everybody, like, as long as your kids aren't getting killed and nobody's stealing your money, you care far less. And by the way, once we all realize we don't have privacy, we're all gonna become more authentic humans. Everything that is bad in society is the stuff that's hidden. The skeletons in all the five of our, five of us in this room's closets and everybody listening, those are the bad things. Yeah. Now, you inspire people all over the world every day across multiple channels online. But I've got to ask, I mean, what inspires you, both here and in the past? From those Optimism. Yeah. Optimism inspires me. People who have very little, who have severe challenges, and persevere. Maybe this is where I'm so affected by my mother. My mother lost her mother when she was five. She grew up in, in the depths of Soviet communist Russia. Her father went to jail for a decade. She's the most optimistic person I know. Yeah. When people come up to me and they're like, oh, I have it, so I'm like, I always just think about my mom. You know, she's so positive, so optimistic, and she had such shit as a child, yeah. you know? Now, finally, Gary, I don't want to end on a downer, but you often talk about how people should... Real speak. quick. Yeah. I don't think what I just said about my mom's a downer, and I think it's an interesting insight. I actually think adversity is the great gift in our society. Oh, and I think that if you really look at who's upset for real, it's the people that grew up entitled and are then zoo animals when they go into society because they were so overcoddled, not the ones that have chips on their shoulders and had a lot of negativity. Absolutely, completely with you on that. Now, finally, Gary, I don't want to end on a downer, but like I said, you do often talk about how people should speak to people at the end of their lives and how they share regrets. Yes. So if someone was to visit you in a nursing home 40 years from now, hopefully longer, <laughs> and, ask, and come to you searching for those same answers, what is the alternative narrative that you'd hope to give them and what you want to be remembered for? Look, I want to be remembered as somebody who gave more than he took and somebody who redefined what an alpha male could look like and the things that he would talk about, you know? I want to put words like kindness and gratitude and, and empathy um, on a pedestal as strengths, not weaknesses. Um, so I want to be admired. I want to be admired because I gave, not because I took. Um, and that's, a, that's, that's what I would tell any kid when I'm 98, right? If you can figure out how to give and eliminate expectations of others, you will forever be happy because you won't be at the mercy of anybody. 
and you will be so fulfilled with the admiration of other human beings that you can live a really successful and happy life. That's a beautiful moment to end on. Thanks so much for taking the time. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm happy to do it. Thanks guys for listening. Please, please, please share the podcast and make sure you've subscribed because a bunch of you aren't subscribed and more importantly, a bunch of you listen every day and haven't told your friends it's the best podcast in the world. I'm watching. (laughs) Have a great day.